Hi, I'm Casey Ross. I'm the creator of Arcade Fire, the redemption of Billy Mitchell, and you are listening to Scene World Podcast. Hey, sup? It's the Scene World Podcast. I'm still here. Right. Yes, on? and me too. Me too. What is so, happening? So, in a minute, we will be talking to Christian Leuenberg. Um, to be on pot is his podcast. He's doing with a friend, talking, talking a German a competition. one. And um, you have nice lighting right now. You have, is it like sunset or something? Yeah. Well. It's starting to be, but I also have my lights on in okay. on the ceiling, as okay. as always, actually. Well, you just got like you leaned back and you got like an orange kind of glow to mm. you. And mm. I was like, oh, maybe there's the sun's coming in the window or something. No, I have I have the shutters closed. OK. Um, but so. whatever, it, it's all good. <laughs> anyway, so. This kind of ruined it. No, it didn't. Well, I wanted to explain what we are interviewing well, about. Let's, but let's do that. Let's do that. We're talking to the competition. We're talking to Christian Leuenberg to be on pod. He has a podcast that is going on right now. It's not in English, which which means he's really not the competition. And he used to be with us at Scene World a long time ago as our webmaster. So... Right. Um, so really, um, he's not the competition. He's he's a good friend of ours. And uh, yeah. But before that, some news. Yes. I got three news items. I have none. Um, yes. Number one would be that on October the 17th, 7, 7th there will be No Man's Sky released on the Switch. Oh. Which is quite nice because... Um, the game went from zero to hero. Yes. In 2016, when it was released, it was well a shell of a game because and they they promised so many things in the game that weren't even there. And over the years, and they are still expanding it to the day with new new features, new adventures, and so yeah. on. It's so one of the few went, games I play, actually, on the PC. Yeah, so it went from very negative to very good on Steam in the ratings. And um, so... Aren't they working on another Hello game, games, too? I have no idea. But I, Hello I, Games is doing now the impossible and converting the game to the Switch. That's, that's, that's impressive. That is impressive, to, 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 because that is a big game. Um, I know. Although, although it does, you know, the the it, all the plants are procedurally generated, which is an interesting thing because not only the plants, but the whole the yeah. whole um, right, right, but planets. It, but it makes like well, that's right. That's why I said planets. Um, but but it makes it so that the, you don't have to have that much data on on your computer because. You know, it's just basically, you know, it's just some some binary data or whatever that it, that it, that it's able to do, um, and and render that stuff. Um, but there was another game that they were working on. Um, I read that was supposed to be almost as um, ambitious as No Man's Sky. Mm. Okay. Um, and 
I'm trying to figure out what that is. Um, give me a minute. Oh, it's it's also been announced for Mac OS. Let me see. Oh, hey now. That's uh That's pretty big. Probably not for Intel Mac OS. It's probably going to be that the Apple um the the Apple silicon but of course for the new ones. Yeah, which annoys me because I still have an Intel Mac. Um, maybe I'm wrong. Well, okay, the last campfire is a game that they were doing, and I, maybe uh, yeah, okay. Just pretend I never said anything. <laughs> okay. Well, so the next news item is um, we received the <laughs> press release. From Pulsar, that's actually working on a game called Lakia, The Lost Island. Mm -hmm. And it's a modern game adventure developed exclusively for the C64 and Plus 4 platforms. For Plus and 4. Exactly. And Who has a Plus 4? Many people in uh, the east of Europe. Hungary, Romania, Bulgaria, and so on. Okay, okay. That is what the biggest market was there. According to an interview I did uh, eight years ago with Bill Hurd from Commodore. Yeah, I, I know they got a bunch of them. And, and in the UK, it was a thing for a bit because it competed with... Um, it was one of the cheaper. That, that and the 16. Right, and it's going to be released on the 14th, so that means two days after this recording, as a free version on either CSDB or um, a Plus 4 portal. We will link uh -huh. to that in the podcast description. And also there will be, for <clears throat> sorry, for the autumn of 2022, um, it will be on a cartridge from Protovision and on floppy disks for Psytronic. Okay, cool. Yeah. That's that's interesting because the uh, mm. the the plus four line, the C sixteen, the 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 plus four. Was there another one, or, or I think it was just those two. Um, they have they have pros and cons in that they've got. They have more colors than the 64, so you can the graphics can can be a lot better. But worse sound company. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. They don't have a SID. Well, you can you can retrofit a plus four with a SID, I believe, but mm. I don't know that the game is going to support that. So, mm. you know, so so that's where you you kind of have the and and looking at the screenshots and you know uh, I'm I'm looking at them right now. You can see that 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 expanded palette that the sixty four you know because the sixty four has got very um sixteen uh, colors it's got sixteen colors, but the sixteen colors that it has are like i'm trying I'm trying to word this in a way that that doesn't 
Well, it's still a better palette than the EGA on the it, PC. It is an awesome. It is a good. It is a great palette. I, I love the 64's palette because it is, I, I, earthy. Maybe would, would be the the term that that you'd use. It's 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 like browns and, and greens and 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 stuff like that where you can you can you can really like like do really nice graphics with it. Um, and it doesn't have like like the the spectrum, uh, the, the, and, the color clashes. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Well, I mean, we have that with the with the high res mode in the sixty four, but um, but things like the spectrum and the other machines that were out at the time, they had these jarring bright like bright yellow and bright blue and bright orange and red and all this stuff. And the sixty four is more muted. It's like these like 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 grungy colors. A bit like the NES. Yeah. yeah, yeah, the NES had more colors though too. I think I had like sixty-four or something. But but yeah, I mean it was it it, it had an interesting palette. Uh, but looking at the screenshots from this game, I can see that they're using the 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 plus four platform palette for some of these screenshots, and mm-hmm. it is a there are benefits in that. Like like one of the big problems you have with the sixty-four as a graphics guy is that. Is that you cannot skin if you're drawing a person? Flesh tone is fucking impossible. All right, so you always end up if you if you look at pictures, and I'll 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 send you uh, you're you're editing this one, right? I'll send I'll send you some pictures where it's like you know in order to get like a good a good gradient, you end up having to use greens and blues and stuff. In like your 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 in like the face, and it's like that's not that or grays and and you know because you got pink and you got red and orange, but they don't they don't look like like skin. <laughs> Depends on what kind of skin color you're after. Yes, yes, exactly, exactly. But um, a lot of times you get you, you got to sort of. You know, goof Caucasian around. Caucasian is impossible, almost. Yes, yes, Caucasian is impossible, and and because or you just end up looking like a like a freaking marshmallow or something, or a pig. You know. Yes, yes. Um, um but that's uh, you know. So I can see in some of the screenshots that they're showing here that that they do have good flesh tone. Is the best way that I can say it. Well, it's good that we get now press press releases, yes. so we don't have to dig up the news ourselves. Right. All right. Well, let's jump to Christian Leinberg. Yes, Christian Leinberg is over there waiting for us. In what when was this? Like February? I guess March. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Then. Bye. That went well. So, today, another guest as always, and this time, it's actually somebody we knew before because he has been working with us. Christian Leuenberg has been our previous webmaster. Yes, that's true. <laughs> yeah, hi, Jörg. Hi, AJ. Hello. Thanks uh, for inviting me. Anytime. It's an honor to be on your show, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So... The reason is because you tweeted us that you actually, not tweeted, but you sent a message on Twitter that you actually started your own show and left a comment on our Andrew Fisher special YouTube video. Yes, I started a, a new podcast project 
and with a friend of mine just a couple of weeks ago actually <laughs> and so i'm i'm into retro gaming again and i thought what you know what what are my fellow <laughs> friends from scene world doing at the moment and I, so i just browsed your podcasts and randomly picked that Andrew Fisher show. <laughs> and you were then talking about me when it comes to that Charles Martinet interview. So that was pretty funny, actually. And I thought yeah. I need to write to you. <laughs> yes, yeah, because people always wonder how do we approach VIP people and convince them to be our guest. And in, in the case of Charles Martinet, we simply could say, us already do it to our webmaster who interviewed already for his own Nintendo platform. So that was pretty easy. And then that, of course, would work because we were no really strangers. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was one of our first podcasts, actually. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that was, what was that? What, that was, yeah, which one was that? That was surprisingly early on in the run. Yeah. I'm not sure. Maybe I was still webmaster at that time you must I'm, have been I'm yes of course sure. otherwise you wouldn't have written to martin say uh, to to charles saying hey yeah. our webmaster is a person yeah, you know. true. <laughs> yeah. That, yeah. that makes sense, makes sense. it's making true. a better impression than saying our former rep number six that was episode six number six okay, okay. Yikes. that must be num after number five which was our 3d realms one yeah it was, this is march of 2015 so it's exactly it's yes going way back Here's the funniest thing. I remember prior to discussing interviewing Charles Martinet that I was discussing with AJ. I'm pretty sure it's pronounced Charles Martinet. And I'm like, no, he is French Canadian. Yeah, yeah, Martinet. Totally and then we up. made a promo, and then we made a promo one one episode earlier for his appearance on this Danish cosplay show. And then he was like, Oh god, it's really not Martinet. So, yeah, <laughs> and that was, then I was like, I told you, French Canadian. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, anyway, let's start with our typical question, that is, how did you get involved into computer and retro and all that yeah. stuff? Back in that time, it wasn't retro at all. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. My, uh, I remember my brother had a Commodore C sixteen, and that must have been in the mid eighties. I don't know, eighty five. Yeah, six somewhere around the, the time. The, the black sheep of the family. Yeah, and what I remember is that he was always trying to get games to load, but it, it didn't work <laughs> as it should. And so he, I think maybe half a year later or something, he got a, a C128, and I got into it at all, <laughs> and mm. was yeah fascinated by all those games that we could play then. And later on, I bought that machine from my brother and it's, and I still own it <laughs> oh. still here in my house. Yeah. So it started around 85, 86 with the Commodore. <laughs> nice. And, yeah. And I actually used that machine until mid nineties when I got my first windows PC. So I think maybe 95 must have been. Yeah. So hmm. pretty long time actually. Everyone else was already into Windows or Apple or whatever. <laughs> Still use my Commodore. <laughs> yeah, I think I used mine until 2000 or so. Okay. The only reason I stopped using it was because it literally broke, like I couldn't use it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it was, yeah, it, it worked all the time. But 
if you compared it to all your friends' computers and it was a bit slow and graphics were, were yeah. a bit crappy, uh -huh. yeah, then it was time to get a new one. So, yeah, but I still own it and still, yeah, I'm still fascinated by, by, flat by the machine. or the 128D? No, the 128, just new. Oh, okay. The okay. 1571 disk drive. Yeah. So, <laughs> still working. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I, I, and I still enjoy retro gaming. I had a, back in that time period, I had also an NES console and later on SNES, etc. all that Nintendo stuff. <laughs> and, but I would say that eight and 16 bit games are just what fascinated, what is fascinating me still today. So I'm not into modern gaming, actually. I don't have any modern console, but yeah. That's Any, interesting. Yeah. <laughs> you know, what makes a good game isn't necessarily the modernity of it, but the gameplay, yeah, how it plays. Yeah. Like Mario, Super Mario Brothers, or Super Mario Brothers 3, actually, I think is the best one. Yeah. But it's you can make it look better, but it's it just plays well. So that's what makes it a good game. Yeah. And I think if you have those limited graphics, you really have to, especially if you're a kid or a child, you really have to make all those lags in, in your mind. You have yes. to, yeah. Yeah. In modern days, everything is polished and everything is there, and it's, it's more like a movie. So, it, although they are, of course, they are great games. Oh, I'm yeah, sure. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, but that's a good point because one of my favorite games ever was is this game called Space Rogue on the C64. It was on the uh, Amiga and, and Mac and PC and whatnot too back in the mm -hmm. day. But yeah, it was very much you're reading text. You never see any of the characters. You, they're just a figure on the screen. You walk up to them and then you talk to them and you can choose your answers and stuff. But as a kid, you do put a lot more like you're having a conversation and your brain is filling in like what they sound like and what they look like and how you're acting and all yeah. that stuff. And it's, it is much more of a, an imagination thing than yeah. today where it's, it's the difference between reading a book and then watching the movie. Yeah, and I totally understand why Nintendo didn't want like all the characters having real dialogues in the games, like Zelda. They, that's it totally makes sense because you just have all that to to the gamers' uh, imaginary right. uh, imagination. Yeah. Yeah. No. yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Here's another thing. Chris is the reason why I started using ICQ. Oh, really? <laughs> yes, I found his homepage back then, which was, I think, C64 files. Yeah. yeah. And I figured that he has ICQ, so I installed ICQ. <laughs> and I remember this was in January 20... And yeah, in, in January in the year 2000, right? Okay. Hmm. That's where I got internet access. On, a, on an analog modem and I installed ICQ and I had this master plan of talking to at least one person from every country in the world, of course. <laughs> and so by, 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 oh my God, my brain's not working today, I'm sorry. <laughs> Just by association then, he's the reason that I got into ICQ because the only reason I joined ICQ is because of you. <laughs> oh, perhaps, yeah. I didn't know that, actually. <laughs> Confessions Day. And I, and I apologize in advance. I had fasting blood work, so if I don't eat a sandwich, I'm going to die in the middle of this podcast. And I know nobody likes no it problem. during this. But <laughs> That's true. <laughs> so. That's funny. 
I think I started C64 files in 98 or 99, I'm not sure, but must have been late 90s. And first of all, it was just a sub page of my personal page. And then I thought I could just do a dedicated page to it and then I started C64 files. And yeah, and then I met Jörg over ICQ. <laughs> exactly. And we, I think we just started with a mirroring the scene world disk max downloads. And I'm not sure if I really started that first page for scene world. I'm not sure. The first page I started myself. Okay. It looked um, very CSDB ish, I remember, if I recall correctly. Yes. I've, got a, I've actually got a screenshot of it, which we can yeah, play. Yeah. <laughs> but you can still look at all the home pages via archive.org, the yeah. Wayback Machine, of course. And yeah, if watching the YouTube version of this podcast, we'll just put up a screenshot of it. Right. Actually, the first design I did, there was a page called Traffic City, and I just copied from there some buttons <laughs> with people on it, and then using paint and and making descriptions on the buttons. So that was very rude. It still had frame, <laughs> still had frames. Oh yeah. And yeah, yeah. I, I used notepads to do this thing. Cool. Yeah. And, <laughs> and that's and, how you did and, it back then. You exactly. Notepad, HTML. And I remember two years later in 2003, Chris took over the website because he said, you are studying media design. Yeah. That is when you then when you started your education in this field, and this was a time where we had a CMS on that page, and me and Andrew were the ones putting in all the new articles and stuff. So that was before AJ yeah, um, yeah. put in content. It was Andrew and me, exactly. But, so, I, but I, it was just a static page, right? It was just HTML. And later on, I used some PHP, PHP stuff in the database, but I think it was mainly just static. Pages. I have no idea. I never asked you how you did it. <laughs> okay. But I know I had to log in and I could do my own articles, my own newspaper post, and we had a voting poll. Oh, yeah. Right. And that's, that's all I remember. <laughs> yeah. And yes, yes, that's what I, that's, that is what I do remember. Yeah. But. Is there anything? It worked. Yeah, yeah, it worked. It worked, yeah. It worked. <laughs> and yes, and then I think you switched hosts, and then you were like, okay, now we really need a new website. And then this where we decided to, to get this redesign in 2013. Yeah. That, so basically 10 years later, that we still have nowadays. Yeah, that that was that only happened in 2013. Yes. Wow. Yeah. So yeah. it was very early before, like it wasn't that long before we did the podcast. Then. No, I think the implementation was done pretty dirty hacks. <laughs> I'm not a webmaster. Chris is the expert here. Yeah. But what but what Chris doesn't know is that with the GUID there was a problem until. It was fixed last year. Okay. Yes. Yeah, well, that's, that's why I say it, it worked, in which it did. Yeah. It, yeah. It, well, it <laughs> perhaps we should explain. We had this problem that that suddenly now I forgot what's called Spotify. Spotify caused a traffic peak on the web 
on the on the web post. Yeah. Right. On the web server. Like every episode. Exactly. And we found that there is an actually it was Spotify giving us a hint because <laughs> for some reason there was a wrong at a wrong attribute in the code so every time we release a new episode it would flag all past episodes as new as well so it ah, would okay. every time re-download all mp3 okay. files <laughs> and when we had like over 100 <laughs> one night over 100 <laughs> files yeah. of mp3 were downloaded at once from spotify okay. <laughs> And then our web post shut us down. It took us 12 <laughs> days to find the problem, unfortunately. Oh my God. <laughs> that was, so I believe this podcast implementation was quickly done. Yeah. Yeah. And it, we used X, which is a, just a framework for building a CMS and it didn't have any plugin or extension that you could use that just works out of the box. So we did a custom thing and so it must have been this bug in it. <laughs> if you start a podcast today, you could use just Anchor or whatever, and you have all the tools. You don't need to have any, any HTML code in it. So that's pretty easy actually, but yeah, that is custom didn't we work. Have, didn't we also have an issue with the amount of podcasts that we could have? We had to increase that. Uh, well, no, there was a limitation by yeah. by Apple, by iTunes, actually. Right, yeah, yeah. That originally said, and that originally said 300 is the maximum. And then there was a limitation by 500. And okay. now they removed that limitation of 500. Now it's 2000. Okay. <laughs> That's the latest limitation. Yeah. Okay. But it's true what HA says. The default setting of this ModX RSS feed was 100. And after ah, okay, 100, yeah. it yeah. would start again <laughs> at 1. So that yeah. means that all the past episodes were not in the RSS feed anymore. Okay. Suddenly, yeah. our first episode was number five or something. Yeah. Was, we were like, oh, that's a problem because we want people to listen to all our, our past episodes. And at this moment, we didn't have any webmaster. So AJ okay. and I were trying to fix the home oh without knowing what we are doing. <laughs> and we ended up breaking things. Yeah, yeah, we made it worse. Uh -oh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then we found Menno Peterson who is a big spot in the ModX community from the Netherlands, and he helped us. We cool. made emergency Skype call for two hours to update <laughs> our homepage. <laughs> and Ryan Tash himself, the founder of ModX, had a look at it and made sure that everything is working fine. <laughs> so we got nice. a help from the upper ModX people. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Nice. Just to make sure our homepage <laughs> is still running. <laughs> cool. That was that was when you left, and, and yeah. I remember AJ was panicking, like call Chris. Yeah, I was like call him. Chris, and I'm he, like, no, Chris is like, not left. Left anymore. Yeah, he left. He's not going to help us, and I'm like, what are we going to do? <laughs> Let you die. Yeah, just ask him. Call him and ask him. Good lord. Yeah. Would have been a wouldn't have been a problem actually. But I. Would, I yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> anyway, anyway, yeah. yeah. And, and nowadays we have a couple of people, fortunately, that know what they are doing. So <laughs> we not, can do it ourselves. Good to know. Yeah. It's not us. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah, yeah. But the Mod X thing, it you can build nearly everything, but most of it really has to be done by custom coding. But it's an it's a very good system. So I still use Mod X, although most of my projects are in WordPress now. But but also in WordPress, you all you have all those plugins you can use also when you do podcasting. But still, then you could run into troubles if you have default settings in WordPress that will only give you, I think, ten items in the RSS feed. So you would have a problem <laughs> with one hundred yeah. episodes. So you need to figure out where to do all those um, customization, etc. Yeah, yeah but glad that your page is working again. <laughs> yeah, I was lucky because I was like, we have no budget, we have no budget. So how we are going to pay yeah. for Modex Pro support? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I was asking around and <laughs> I dig my way through. And <laughs> yeah. Patreon campaign or whatever. <laughs> yeah. But interestingly, I think I even said at one point, I was like, dude, I will give you fifty bucks to give to him if you just call him up and have him do something. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty hard to find somebody that is volunteering, looking into somebody else's project yeah. Oh, yeah. and continuing true, yeah. it and making modifications. Yeah, that's true, yeah. And and then we actually had a new web host. So now we are hosted partly in Germany, partly in Switzerland. Okay. <laughs> and this guy is a machine. He took two weeks and fixed all issues we had with the homepage at once. Yeah, nice. <laughs> I was like, wow. So that's really very good. But here's something I wanted to mention on the homepage before that we had before. I don't know, was that a custom code? Yeah, I think it was, it was a custom code. Custom you, you, code you, yeah. you did the CMS yourself with the yeah. login system. Yeah, right, yeah. And here's the thing I remember. The, there is a problem. There was a problem in the early 2000s with the Chinese version of Internet Explorer 6. <laughs> oh God. And I know when people from China with Internet Explorer 6 visited our homepage, they only got a blank page. <laughs> and I remember you told me you did a you did emergency fix on the homepage. You told me something about the order the code has to load is different on Chinese computers, on Chinese Internet Explorers. Yeah. I don't I... know if you still hmm. remember what that was, but <laughs> Our homepage at first didn't display it all in sh on Chinese Internet Explorers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's true. I remember this story, yeah. But Explorer is also called Internet Exploder. Explorer, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, you don't have to, to struggle with all those issues in modern uh, web development, not to that extent that you had back in the days. Yes, if you make a disk, Mac, that's supposed to run on any C64 uh, model, and then yeah. your website doesn't display on yeah, wow. every browser around <laughs> the world. Then it's like a little issue. Yeah. Well, now that we've spent 20, 25 minutes airing our grievances. Good old times. We had to talk about that. Yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so you said you are currently working on a new podcast to be mm. on pods tell us more about that perhaps <laughs> as you might as you may notice it's somehow related to 
that famous C64 game <laughs> to be on top. Yeah, we mainly just talk about retro games. It's a friend of mine, Björn, and me, and we actually know each other since childhood, lived in, a, in the same neighborhood, and we both had C64 and S and all those platforms we talked about. And uh, yeah, so we actually started that a Nintendo website in 2005, I think. And so this is our new project after several years. <laughs> and it's just the podcast, just the two of us. It's an audio podcast, so no video. And uh, we talk in German, so it's not an international podcast. <laughs> as oh, <your>. man. As, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and we pick one, one game per episode. And the only rule we have is this game must, we must have been played this game in our childhood. So not games that we just discover these days <laughs> and just those old games. And yeah, we mainly talk about C64, NES, Game Boy, SNES, Amiga games, etc. cetera. Uh, call yeah. it, he called it SNES like you're supposed to call it, Jörg. Yeah. Yeah. He didn't say SNES like <laughs> children do. Yeah. The Super Nintendo. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we published three episodes until now. And we have already another three done. And we will release these every two weeks. And yeah, and we are planning the next six episodes already. Because, yeah, people like it. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So basically, you don't invite guests. You have... You're just right. talking to each other, kind of. Yeah. So, like the other German podcast called Männerquatsch. Yeah, is, I heard of that. Yeah. It's a similar concept. I see. Okay. I see. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. And you also mentioned in a new Nintendo portal from 2005, but that stopped by now, right? Yeah. That was the Nintendo Wii website we ran back in the days, which was pretty successful, actually. We had, when the console was very hyped, we had about 2 million page impressions per month. So wow. this was pretty, pretty nice. <laughs> hmm. And we, yeah, we started in 2005 and it was called, you know, nobody knew how that Nintendo console will be named. So every, everyone was just talking about that project name, which was Revolution. So we called that page N Revolution. And uh, yeah, later on they, they officially announced that the console will be called Wii, and then we switched our name into Wii Insider. And yeah, we I think that page ran until 212, 213, I don't know. I think 212, but it's you can still visit it, visit the site under, under WiiInsider.de, and you'll find all those reviews we did and videos, podcasts, etc. But it's, yeah, it's just an archive page. Yeah, but it was pretty successful and actually Björn and me, we both started it back in 2005 and our goal was just to get some free review games, <laughs> which worked out actually, but as you might know, the Nintendo Wii had a lot of games and a lot of casual games and so it wasn't always yeah, fun yeah. to review all those games. Yeah. And there's another episode that we have in common. You have been on German television. Oh yeah. Uh, we have to uh, talk about that because you have been in a Boulevard magazine that was in, in the evening and the name was Can Good Video Game Players Actually Do Actual Sports? And you yeah. were in a bop. Right, that was uh, in the time when Winter Olympics 
I don't know which year it was. Two, two, twelve, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, and they just they had every episode. They had one one sports pop. What is it called in English? I don't know. Bobsled. Yeah, yeah. And they asked us. I think they got our contact via the German Nintendo marketing team because they wanted to put the Mario game in it, uh, the Mario and Sonic at Olympic Games game, which was yeah released at that time. So they somehow combined this with me and. Uh, friend of mine that also was an editor for the page so we two had yeah we had to get into that bob with two actual <laughs> olympic sportsmen <laughs> it was fun yeah you actually sent me a dvd with the recording on it oh yeah really <laughs> and, and i think some year later i found it found a version on youtube as yeah. well it's i will see Right. It's on YouTube? Yeah. yeah. Do, do you have the link or should I find I can, it myself? I can send it to you, yeah. I perhaps think if you, you can, just... Yeah. Perhaps you can put it here so people can see yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I remember I remember you told me about it and then you sent it on a DVD. But of course, DVD-Rs are barely able to read nowadays, 10 years later. So luckily there is a digital version on YouTube. Yeah. Uh, but yes, I remember I was like, Chris... We were talking on the phone. I was like, Chris, you have to send me the recording of this. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it was um, fun, actually. Yeah. yeah, so the retro really brings you some fame here in Germany for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know why. but <laughs> Oh, the thing is, those were the early days before. Those were the days when it turned from a niche into a bigger niche yeah. and suddenly companies like Nintendo found there is a market yeah. for retro. It's no? true. Yeah, they launched the virtual console on the, on the Nintendo Wii where you could download all those old games actually. Yeah, and they released the NES Mini and SNES Mini a couple of years ago. So yeah, there's definitely a market for it. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, hopefully yeah. the podcast is also doing pretty good. And it's, but mainly it's just fun for us to, to talk about all those games. And yeah, that's, yeah, that's the main reason why we launched the podcast, actually. You <laughs> don't have a bigger meaning behind it, like preserving no. stories and stuff. No. Like we do. Yeah. No. Well, maybe you do. You do. You do because it's fun. <laughs> yeah, but uh, anyway, but what means we do it as fun? Of course, it's fun. Of course, for me too. But it's of course making more fun for me because I know who we talk to. We right, are the yeah. first, and it's unique. And like, I don't know when we had the interview with Venezuela, that was mm -hmm. special, at least from my point of view. Uh, but we should mention perhaps why we switched from my homepage to Chris's homepage. And I think you were at Straito at this time as a web host. Uh, yeah, might be. I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The reason was that after we released the first issue of Scene World, I got a phone call from Bavaria 3 radio station in Germany. Okay. And they made an interview with me around 30 seconds and it was broadcasted a week later at 2 a.m. in the night, so it was like a filler. And 
And a week later, our homepage was down because of too much access <laughs> to the web host. At this point, we were on the free space of Arcore, which ah, is yeah. not around anymore. And this is how I was like, Chris, we have a problem. We have too many visitors. Our homepage <laughs> is constantly going down. People and like us too much. Yeah. We're famous. <laughs> exactly. exactly yes. So 20, 22 years ago, it was a different world. You had very much limited traffic yeah. on web space. Yeah, and, that's true. Uh, and uh, <laughs> wow. I think I started the first C64 files page on free hosting at GeoCities or what is it called? Maybe yeah, Geo you, you had those URLs. And <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. So that was the first version, I think. Yeah. And then, yeah, later on, I switched onto a real hosting. If I had the problem to to serve hundreds of disk images. <laughs> so you had problems with web space actually. Yeah. So I switched to that host. And I think there was also one time when they shut down the page because they weren't sure if all those disk images may were violating any copyrights. <laughs> Is that the reason why you stopped it in the end? No, I just. I just lost interest in, in maintaining the page actually. And yeah, so I stopped doing this, but yeah, it, it has, it, it had some traffic on it. I later used a dedicated FTP server. I, I didn't have this, the website itself. It was just an FTP server later on and yeah, but then somehow, yeah, I lost the interest in it and. Yeah. And how did you regain interest now that you said you are continuing your projects now doing a podcast? What made you regaining the interest into retro? Um, just ask me if I would <laughs> join him doing this pro project. And first he was about modern games and this is just not my topic. So I said no. And then he came up with the retro idea and yeah, I don't know, somehow. I just got interested again and yeah, grabbed my old consoles and <laughs> threw in some games and yeah, so I'm enjoying it now yeah. again. <laughs> so sometimes you just need to get away from it for a bit. Uh... Yeah, that's true. And I thought, what is the best way to use an old game console on a modern display <laughs> with HDMI, etc. And I finally found the Retron consoles. I don't know if you know about this. Oh yeah. Oh, I'm it's just sure. like system on a chip thing and you have HDMI output and it's pretty yeah, cool. Yeah. Most of the games work <laughs> and the picture's pretty clear. <laughs> so yeah. I remember the day when the patterns the pa and the copyright of the NES chips were not valid anymore. Suddenly all kinds of NOAC devices, NES on a chip devices mm -hmm. appeared. Yeah. <laughs> All kinds of yeah, that's of, true. Bootleg <laughs> yeah. stuff. Yeah, <laughs> I I even got one. I even got oh. one for the Famicom cartridges, which is portable. And interestingly, it says on the manual that it is for Master System games. Okay. <laughs> which is of course not true because yeah. it's a Famicom clone. But for some reason, they confuse Sega with Nintendo in the manual. <laughs> <laughs> but at least as long as what he is selling, what, what is written in the manual doesn't matter. But right. I was like, 
okay portable master system that plays Farmicon cartridges. <laughs> Funny thing, interesting yeah. thing. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. So next to the podcast, do you plan any other projects, any new portal, or is that all your journey in the retro community for now? Yes, for now this is it. <laughs> one one project I'm also running since I think two years now is another podcast, but it's just a complete different topic. It's about Austrian economics and so nothing to do with gaming. Okay. And yeah, and also I'm trying to do some music again. So in York, you might know I did these mixes back in 2001 or whatever it was. Yes, yes. And you asked me about a remix and maybe <laughs> I will do it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even remember what remix I asked you about. I don't know. I need to check my ICQ history. <laughs> yeah, I don't have this history anymore. But didn't you? But didn't you tell me you did the remix finally? Started it. Ten you still started, but never, never finished, finished it. it. No, no. Okay. And I'm yes, currently, I, yeah. yes, I remember. I remember. I loved your in the park remix from that yeah. ninja too yeah did this one and the Diana sisters intro and for both remixes i just used cubase on atari st <laughs> oh. yeah and i mainly just used a midi keyboard and playing all those parts and it's not a real remix i would say it's just playing the original tunes on a midi keyboard <laughs> with on a, on a midi sequence actually yeah that was pretty funny. And I think you can hmm. still find these two remixes if you search for it. <laughs> but okay. yeah, but I'm currently trying to build my, my own recording studio. Awesome. I bought some, yeah, I bought some analog gear, which is behind me, <laughs> but I need some expert to maintain all those stuff. And yeah, so I'm maybe when everything is finished, I maybe start finally your remix. <laughs> Nice. Yes. Analog gear. <laughs> now I'm really trying. Now I'm really trying to remember what what remix I wanted to. I don't know to get from you. <laughs> I use, and I've been using an old an old Mac G4 because it's got the FireWire stuff, and you can use ah, okay, the old yeah. Pro Tools. Because I think the early an earlier version of Pro Tools is free now. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. yeah support and what, but it still it works. Yeah. <laughs> wow, now I remember all those conversations and moments we had together, like, woof. <laughs> 20 years ago, yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, back then at the beginning, you never knew if things work out and suddenly it grew a lot. It's amazing. I. I remember that, yeah, that at the beginning you told us we have to make the episodes of the podcast more regularly because at the beginning we had six months between them yeah. and iTunes would take a week until it would appear <laughs> because we didn't do it regularly enough and then we started mm -hmm. doing it regularly. Yeah. It was a real trouble eight years ago to make a new podcast. You had to request it at Apple. Then you, then we, you got to you, you had to get a, a FeedBurner account. And wow, yeah. it was a real mm. pain back then to, to set <laughs> yeah. this thing up. I remember that when we started the Nintendo website, we had also a podcast in yeah 2005. So this was pretty early. I think 
nearly no one in Germany at least was producing podcasts. We also had the problem that when we started with video capturing, there weren't any devices you could buy on Amazon that captures your console. So we had hmm. some hacky things with, an, with a PC and a TV card with analog input. <laughs> it was pretty crappy. <laughs> and we couldn't upload those videos on YouTube because you had this limitation of 10 minutes or 50 minutes, whatever it was. And uh -huh. our video episodes were at least 30 minutes. <laughs> So exactly. Um, we were yeah, a bit yeah. too early, I think. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And even back then when Spotify became a thing, we had to try five times to get listed. Okay. Yeah. The first four times we were like denied. <laughs> then we were listed for one day and then we were removed again. <laughs> <laughs> and so that was a really that was a real pain. Why were you removed? I don't know. I remember oh. you, you told me that you only could Swearing. listen to certain episodes, yeah, yeah, but, yeah. but the actual listing wasn't there anymore. So mm. we, it took a while until Spotify. We just didn't like how our faces looked. Yeah. <laughs> but we don't well, like guys. Those Commodore nerds. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that changed when Spotify switched from the Google form manual process to the automatic process where you just submit the RSS feed file, uh, RSS feed URL, and it would automatically take everything from the RSS feed. Yeah. And then they got really more into podcasts too. And that's, uh, yeah. yeah. And now they're seeing a mass exodus of people because of the fact that they got into podcasts and threw guys like Joe Rogan a ton of money. Yeah, yeah. I think we started um, to be on pod with Anchor yeah. because I didn't want to set up a new website and all those things. I just wanted to make it pretty easy. <laughs> the pain we seen world was enough yes. for the rest <laughs> yeah, of right. your day, yeah. for right. the rest of your life. Yeah, actually. but it's so easy and so really, really, uh, it's light years <laughs> mm -hmm. ahead of what we did back in the day. So yeah. that's pretty cool, actually. So you just, you even just have you could use your smartphone to record your episodes within the anchor app and then upload it and there you go <laughs> that's pretty cool yeah, actually yeah i've read once that anchor has a disadvantage that they put in advertisements no as far as i know you can use the monetization option but you do not need to. have to okay yeah, uh, right. I see. okay okay so an anchor is now a Spotify company, so they work pretty well together. So you, you are immediately on Spotify if you release oh, your first episode. Okay. Yeah, we go the hard way. Yeah, that's being true. self hosted. <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's the thing at one page, sorry, at one hand, one side, you are freedom, you are independent, you have yeah. your freedom, you are independent. On the other hand, you sometimes have to email services. Hey, there's an episode missing. Can you please re-index us? That's yeah. another thing that sometimes happens. Even yeah, at even when Amazon started having podcasts, they for some reason cut off our podcast description in the middle. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, despite there's all in this RSS feed, even if the RSS feed is 100% fine. Still, sometimes there are hiccups in the listings yeah. of those podcast directories. Yeah. If they do some changes in their requirements, 
you need to actually yeah code <laughs> code your uh, RSS feed yeah. again and yeah. But on the other hand, as you said, you have all in your own hand, and this is of course an advantage. Yeah. Oh. Is there any direction you want to go with the podcast? Do you, is it just for fun or do you want to grow and stuff? We just agreed on, we will do this one year and let's see where it gets. Maybe we have so many listeners and we can decide whatever we want to do with it. Or maybe it's just 10, then it's also okay. But yeah, we will just constantly put out new content every two weeks. For one year now let's see where it's get <laughs> where it's getting mm. to yeah you said the games have to be games that you played as a child yeah. Yeah. so the problem here is at some point your childhood ends and you That's have true. no the more you games say. you can talk about the hell you say? I'm, I'm still but a young a young something <laughs> we could you we could do an episode for last ninja one last ninja two Last Ninja 3 and Last Ninja Remix. <laughs> yeah, you know? people play a ton of games in their youth. You could probably go on indefinitely. Yeah, I think we have enough games to talk about. And yeah. even if we decide to do an episode again about one game we already discussed, because people just love the game or whatever, that that wouldn't be a problem at all, I think. Right. The best thing is, you could lie and nobody knows yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got, there's a huge game catalog, and you can just pick any of yeah. those and say you played it, and that's cool. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like those f Facebook comedy videos where they make a huge disclaimer saying, this is just for entertainment. Yeah. This is this didn't happen in, in, in real. It's a fictional <laughs> story. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. yes. <laughs> yeah, so, why not? <laughs> nice, nice. It's good to have you back in the retro scene, yeah. even if it's just the podcast scene. Yeah. But isn't there the thing that now there are too much podcasts and especially retro is not niche enough anymore? That's true to some extent, but I think that most project projects are not able to deliver over a certain time. So they start and they have whatever, 10 episodes, and then you need to wait another six months until the next episode comes out. <laughs> and we really want to hold this up to two weeks, every two weeks, a new episode and really constantly putting those episodes online. So we produce six episodes on one production day. And Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. So this is our goal because I think this is pretty, yeah, pretty the way you need to publish your content very mm -hmm. constantly. And yeah, and it's for the fun. It's true. It's true. <laughs> you could do it like the Retro Hour podcast, which is the most listened retro podcast ever. And they make weekly episodes yeah. with guests. Yeah. Okay. And, oh my God. And I'm like, it's already stressful to have yeah. two episodes per month. Now imagine yeah. four episodes per month. Oh my God. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I think if you just do it as a hobby, this is pretty hard to, yeah, to make over a longer time. But if you, yeah, if you monetize it and you have enough listeners and maybe you use Kofi or Patreon or whatever to get some money for your work. Yeah. Well, maybe then you can make all those episodes with interviews and et cetera. But 
Mm. That's a lot of work, actually. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, true. Hopefully, we are still doing this in 20 years. Let's yeah. See. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We need to hire a producer because we produce this ourselves. Yeah. And that's where that's the most time consuming part of it is the the editing and getting it all together and fixing the errors and whatnot. That's. Yeah. But I learned a lot about post editing of video yes, and audio. Yes. Oh, so <laughs> have I. So have I. Because sometimes the, what you have, what, what the guests have, is so horrible that you can't release it that way. No, no <laughs> right. no. Totally. Okay. Yeah. yeah, but you're doing a video podcast, which is even more work, actually. Oh, yes, it is. There's no doubt about it. <laughs> well, the thing is, originally we started out as an audio podcast, and still we have episodes where we don't have videos okay. because people use the phone or whatever. Yeah. But yes, it actually happened that we got a YouTube channel because we had the guest that was like, my girlfriend is getting ready in the in in the bathroom, so make sure that you make a video version out of it. I'm like, okay, we didn't plan to, but and then we got the feedback. Can you please also put all your past episodes on YouTube, even if it doesn't have video? So then people were like, I prefer seeing who you are talking to. I'm like, okay, okay, I get you. Yeah. We have an audio version that has turned into a video podcast. <laughs> yeah, we have a YouTube channel as well, but it's just the cover artwork and the audio file. So yeah, that's no, no video. You can find us on YouTube as well. So interesting. Yeah. Interesting. So, so Anchor is your main platform. That's the uh, yeah podcast hosting platform, whatever <laughs> you want to call it and using this for, yeah. Publishing the episodes and but you can find the podcast nearly everywhere if it's Apple or Google Podcasts or whatever it is. Right. Yeah. You don't go through hoops like we do with Yandex in Russia and <laughs> iVox in Spain and but the, I think I'm most of these platforms just automatically search for new no, feeds. They don't. I mean not all, but some of them, right? Not, it not, might take not, some while, but not those. Okay. No, Yan okay. Yandex, you really have to especially submit it. Okay. And also in the Indian field, in the Indian area, I also had to submit it. Yeah. Okay. And right now, tomorrow, I'm going to hire somebody on Fiverr listing us on the Chinese ah. podcast directories because yeah, okay. since two years, in China, English podcasts are trending. So I'm like, okay, we are an English podcast. We should be listening <laughs> to China. Um, Until you so, got censored. Yeah. 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 Actually, I checked. Our homepage isn't censored in China. Cool. <laughs> we, we didn't do anything to yeah. be to be angry about. Yeah. Yeah, but of course, that's the thing with a German podcast. You are a niche of a niche yeah. in a niche. Right? That's true. That's <laughs> yeah. true. But you don't have the problems to convince your guests because you don't have guests in the first place. <laughs> and even if you had guests, they would speak German with you and you don't have yeah. to convince them like your English is fine. <laughs> it's totally fine, yes. No, maybe, maybe we will have interview guests in the future. I don't know, but the current concept is just the two of us talking about yeah, the games, but who knows? Yeah, you're not actually, you're not doing a asky question-y type of thing. You're playing games and talking and yeah. whatnot. Yeah, it doesn't necessarily 
you could have a guest on where you add someone else to the playing the game stuff, but yeah. it doesn't really turn much into an interview in as much as just interaction with a guest. Yeah. 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 Do you actually play the games? In the podcast no. episodes, no, no, that, that would be interesting. People <laughs> just hear, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Without any video, I don't know if this is the right concept. <laughs> <laughs> But there are some distinguishable sounds, like from pit stop, for example. Yeah, everybody would recognize that's pit stop. Yeah, yeah, true. <laughs> <laughs> And we have real time. You, you need to wait on the loading times, of course, now of the C64. <laughs> exactly. But people constantly forget when they say about the loading times, people constantly forget that there is fast loaders. There was fast True. loaders. Yeah. It's not how people remember it. People remember it. Oh, the game took 15 minutes to load. In reality, it took three because there was a fast loader in it. Yeah, right there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's not Or here in Germany, we had, um, well, we still have it, Action Replay yep. mm. or Final Cartridge 3. So yeah. it's really the thing, people remember it wrong. That's true. And I remember we had on each disc, we had a fast loader copied onto it. So we, we didn't use the cartridge, just mm. the program yeah. on the disc. Yep. Ah. On, on nearly every disc site, we had a fast loader on it. Yeah. So, ah, that's yeah. also possible. Yeah, you had a right. little program that would yeah. be a software fast loader. Yeah, right. Of course, the freezer cartridges with the fast loader had some advantages, like you could back up your game and resume afterwards and yeah. stuff. Yeah. But it's actually amazing. It's the same how people remember the ploppy, plucky graphics that weren't plucky because yeah. of the insufficient CRT. screen resolution. And a CRT technology, yes. So it's 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 the same with tape, by the way. Their tape games had fast loaders after mm -hmm. a while. So the only games that had well, bad loading quickly, times... Very quickly they had them. It was only the very early games that really didn't exactly. have, have a fast loader in it. You, you said it before, I could say it. Exactly. Oh. Just, the very, oh, just the very early tape and disc games didn't have fast loaders. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And I also remember the old games like they were pixel graphics. But I, when it comes to the first 3D games and 64 games or whatever, <laughs> I remember them better than they actually were. This is where you have your anti-aliasing in your head. <laughs> yeah. Uh -huh, yeah. The rosy, really rosy colored sunglasses. Yeah. Yeah. And they really look like crap, actually, if you play yes. them today. But the pixel, the 8-bit and 16-bit games, they were just like like they were those there, some there was pixels. a game there was a <laughs> yeah. game that i played when i was younger in the i'd, I'd say this was probably like 1990 or so maybe early 91 this is a game by ea sentinel worlds one and i never finished the game because i lost the little the, the ea games which came with this orange paper or white paper with orange print that gave you all the shortcuts yeah or the key commands and i lost that so there was a part of the game that I did not know. I, there was no way, no instructions on how to play this part. So I could never proceed beyond this bit. Oh. Years later, but it was always one of my favorite games. I spent a lot of time on it playing when I was younger. And uh, for some reason, the cracked versions online never worked. So I had to, I finally found an original version online and I bought it. And my plan was that as an adult, I'm going to play this game again. And I played it for one day. And I'm like, this 
is freaking awful. <laughs> and you know, it, but in my youth, like that was just that was just what games were. That's how that's how it played. And I forgot about all the it's four disc size and you're flipping discs between everything yeah. you do. And it's just it, it was it's brutal. And I never managed to finish it. Yeah. Th those games were pretty hard actually, most yeah. of them. Yeah. And you didn't have any tutorial level right. where some right. some somehow you're shown how to control <laughs> the game yeah. or whatever. Uh -huh. Yes, yeah. but in my mind, like it was this wonderful, awesome sci-fi yeah. game with a great story <laughs> and stuff. And I was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna go play that again. It's gonna be great." And one day, it took me to realize I can't play this. I can't do this. Yeah. <laughs> here's the thing. Here's the thing. I realized in 2016 when I got a crack in my hip, and um, I was laying in bed all day, just because that was the only position I was allowed to spend my days. So I got a Game Boy, and I realized that compared to my childhood, my reflexes are not as good as they used to be, but I have more a more strategy, a yeah. better strategy in how to complete and go through the levels. So <laughs> after after over 20 years, I finally managed to complete turtles hmm. and see the end screen because now as a child, I didn't understand that there is a better way to go through the levels and hit the enemies. Yeah, I was just compensating by reflexes, by right. speed. But as an adult, you are like, oh, there's a strategy behind yeah. how they actually move. It's a pre-programmed pattern. Mm -hmm. If you do this and that, done. Yeah, that was yeah, yeah. I played when I was a kid. I had a Game Boy, and I played. I had Super Mario Land. I think that was the Game Boy version. Yeah. And yeah. It, I didn't actually beat the game. It's actually really easy to beat. It's not a hard game at all. But I never beat it until I was in my early 30s and had I was bored and you know exactly yeah and then suddenly <laughs> realized oh this is actually really easy to, to beat yeah. actually the, the super mario land i completed it as a kid and i played it i don't know 20 years later and i instantly completed it again <laughs> you are a magician there yeah as a kid it was really more about the novelty yeah. of having ah. super mario on a tiny yeah. on this it wasn't tiny by today's time, on this beige chunk of plastic. <laughs> but, With a green colored. Yeah. Uh -huh. four, yeah. four green colors, I think. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was more about just killing some time and playing a couple levels and then shutting yeah. it down and whatnot. And then older, as I got older, I had actually time to kill. So it was like, oh, now I'll actually try <laughs> playing it. And I and realized how hard, easy it was to beat. Exactly. Yeah. And here's the thing as a non English native speaker that H.J. can't relate to, but I figured out as an adult, now that I know English, those games had a story. True. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I played Super Mario, I played Turtles without knowing that, that Splinter was kidnapped by Shredder. Or that the princess was kidnapped by Bowser. I, I, don't I had no idea. A, I don't think that's a non-native English speaker thing. I think that's just an everybody thing. Because as a kid, I never took into consideration the storyline behind the games. Yes, but you could read it. You could I read couldn't. it, but most kids didn't. Most kids just played the game. You're just a guy wandering around eating mushrooms or something. And so you're not thinking about the story of the game. It's just the game that yeah. came with uh, the thing. I remember I had one Japanese game on the Game Boy. I don't know which one it was, but I couldn't read anything. I just had to figure out which, which menu will bring me to the game, actually. 
and so I had no clue about the story actually, <laughs> but it was fun. Right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> As a kid, I only knew the words I need to know, like game over, start, <laughs> yeah. restry, yeah. and yes and no. Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. true. <laughs> yeah. That's all that's you need to know. <laughs> the, there wouldn't be my grandfather explaining to me what the words mean. It was like, figure it out yourself. Yeah. I had one NES game that was hard to beat without knowing any English. That was uh, Swords and Serpents, a oh. role-playing game, and you had tons of dialogues in it. Yeah. And I had no yeah. clue. <laughs> yeah. So just ask my father, what does this mean? What does this mean? <laughs> yeah. What is he saying? <laughs> Yeah. But as you brought up before with imagination, that's where as a kid and on these old epic games, it, your imagination kind of fills in the gaps. Like I had a whole narrative for Mario Brothers mm. before I actually understood what the actual game was. Yeah, <laughs> There's a story about it, by the way. Just a few years back, I, I was like, okay, one of the last final and one of the rarest games on the NES is uh, DuckTales 2. Okay. And it's super expensive. It was expensive five years ago already, super expensive. I found a very reasonable priced one from France. Okay. And I was like, wonderful getting that. And I was really surprised because the seller actually put a post-it on the cartridge and said, thank you. And a winking smiley. <laughs> and I was like, what is that hidden message supposed to mean? So I put it in my NES and I can't play it. Mm. Because it's one of the few games on the NES that was localized in various languages. Okay. And the seller must have thought, oh, a buyer from Germany. What an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> and Germany's right next to France. I'm sure there's lots of Germans that speak French. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> what does this thank you and drinking smiley supposed to mean? <laughs> so now I have one of the rarest games in original in a good condition that I can't really play because it's probably okay. even rarer because it's the French version. <laughs> probably. Yes, the problem the problem is you have to answer questions ah, okay. during the game and <laughs> yeah. you have to make multiple choice. So you can't really play it. Well, I don't know, even I don't you, even know they got, how to they got enter that the Google levels. Translate on your phone now. You can just hold your phone up to the screen and it'll translate it right there on there. With the CRT? Sure. Yeah, I've done that. I've done that. It works. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> yeah, totally. Let's pause the game. Yeah. Put this controller away. Put the phone up. Yeah, I don't know how to do that. Just hold the game up, be like, all right, that's what it says, and then that'll continue yeah. on. And my thought was like why is nobody bidding on this French version of the, <laughs> on this game from France? It's a good price. It's a good condition. And then, okay, now I know why. Yes. No. I'm telling because, you, because I'm sure that the English version of the game is much more common than the French. You've probably got like, that thing's probably, probably. going to be worth a whole hell of a lot more in the future. Yeah, because probably, probably. how many of the French, it's probably the only French version of that game. <laughs> like the only French cartridge that's still only, remains. Right? Yeah. You've got the one. <laughs> Yeah. I'm happy enough that I have one of still five existing copies of Hugo for the Euro 64. Oh, okay. Yeah. Nice. They're, in French? Only, <laughs> no, they're, they're, that was only released in Danish. Oh. Ah, they yes. only released it in Denmark. Mm. That is why it's so rare, by the way. <laughs> okay. 
Yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> yeah. It sold so nuts. It sold so shitty that they never localized it into English and other <laughs> languages. <laughs> so how do you play that one? You know what to do because it's it identical to the German TV shows. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because you should know it. It was in USA as well. It was in many countries. Hugo, a little animated troll, that was a call-in show where 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 childs have to use their uh, digital multi-frequency tone telephone and control the character on the television. No. And there was always a delay. It, it, I don't think it was in the U.S. Oh, it was. In, I'm looking it, at the Wikipedia entry, and it's a bunch of different countries, but not here. Not in America? Not in America, no. Okay. It's in the U.K. Okay, then it was U.K. I knew that it was an English speaker, so it was U.K., we had, okay. We had a game like that. It was called, it was a, chan, a, a channel, uh, God, this is really old. This is before <laughs> that, even. And it was, it was a local channel. It was a New York TV station, uh, Channel 11 WPIX. And they did this Pix TV thing, which was a little video game, and you would call in. The kids would the kids would call in and play the game over the phone. But it was not. It wasn't this. It was. And then, and, and man, that oh wow, that's obscure. I can't remember. I, I can't believe I just remembered any of that. <laughs> but let me finish. But let me finish it. The interesting thing about this game is that this game was invented in Denmark by yeah. a Danish company and then sold throughout the world so they made local so they got they got moderators moderating the kids and so on and the problem was there was a, a lot of delay between the cable tv the signal reaching uh. you the phone that you had to press on and but here's the interesting thing is the game ran in t on tv right on an amiga 500 okay <laughs> wow yeah they'll release later on they released the home version which was basically the version from the tv yeah. just without the dial-in technique yeah yeah, yeah i remember so, this yeah yeah so hugo is an amiga game yeah nice nice yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. just to go back to the uh, but you've got the c64 version of it yes yes okay yes. they made a c64 version for cartridge not on disc or something because it had sequences with digital speech in it mm. and it would constantly when you hit a wall and you would die it would constantly say something in danish with, mm. a, with a full screen animation so it okay. was quite quite on the technical side quite nice on yeah. the gameplay side it was not only not one not level nice. in the mine so yeah. it was pretty boring <laughs> It was very repetitive. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But that's a little story about Hugo, and that, that many people don't know. Interesting. It's actually true. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Nice. <laughs> right. Now, Chris learned something as well. Nerd yes. Knowledge, that's true. Nerd knowledge you never knew. knew you <laughs> probably will never use again. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> you never knew. You never knew existed. Yep. And it's. Utterly unimportant. So yeah, completely <laughs> useless. Yeah. Like right. you never know. Maybe there's this one day you need. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. One day. One day this may be important. One yeah. day you'll be on, on a game show or something, and yeah. 
someone will ask you a question. You can say, what is Hugo? <laughs> if you're ever who if you are on the show who wants to be a millionaire, right. and the one million question is <laughs> about who got yeah. the TV show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <You> will see. <laughs> nice. They should hire me to bring in nerd questions. I oh, would yeah. totally, yeah. totally make well, sure nobody no gets the get one them. million. Yeah, no one will ever win. Yeah. Will be unfair, actually. Yeah. Exact, exact, exact. Andrew Fisher, he knows everything. Okay. He is the professor. Uh, <laughs> he, he knows everything about every game. He's he is uh, like a walking search engine for uh, video game knowledge. Whatever. <laughs> Super yeah. amazing. Cool. Alrighty. Yeah. So where can people find your stuff? Yes. Yeah, actually, on to be on pod.de. This is the main website you will find all episodes on it and yeah maybe later on i will put the new music on my personal website which is sloinbergmusic.com you will find all releases i did there and maybe new stuff as well pretty soon awesome <laughs> awesome yeah yeah so cool and twitter you're on twitter not yeah with the podcast yeah to be exactly. on pod on twitter on instagram yeah. Awesome. You have to because he contacted me via Twitter. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, will put, we will put links to everything in the podcast description and in cool. the video. Yeah. Right Thank you. Thank you. Link nice. 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 Um, so, right. Thank you, sir. Good night. Yes. Chris. Good night. <laughs> Good night. Bye bye. bye. <laughs>